أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So today we're doing Surah Al-Teen uh, the, the Surah of uh, the Fig Surah number 95 Another amazing amazing Surah of the Quran um, This is a Mecca Surah with 8 ayat So it's a pretty short Surah but many deep lessons inshallah we'll try to sh share with you some of the reflections of the surah inshallah so just overall layout of the surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off with the first section being four oaths by two food items and two locations okay we'll talk about it later the four oaths then second part of it will be the potential of the human being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to tell us what the potential of the human being is and of course it'll be split into two groups as we've seen or over and over again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps talking about two roads right these two groups keep coming up okay so two groups in the second section and then Allah will, will basically be posing questions to the disbelievers what makes you deny the message that will be part number three and then what makes you deny the day of judgment what makes you deny accountability part number four okay so that's the four um, the four layouts of four sections now what has been happening in the previous surahs right so surah al-shams the topic of purification came up right purification came up tazkiyah came up in surah al-shams it has been coming up over and over again even during surah al-a'la and surah al-ghashiyah this concept has been coming up right remind tazkiyah so just a, a small intro about the, the curriculum of the Prophet ﷺ. What was his curriculum, especially in the Meccan period? And we've covered this intensively in Surah Al-Jum'ah, if you want to refer to that video. Basically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what Ibrahim ﷺ's dua was. When Ibrahim ﷺ built the Kaaba and Ismail ﷺ was with him, he made a dua. He made a dua, Ya Allah, Rabbi ja'al hadha baladan aminan that was one thing about the country that give it peace and give it provisions okay but another dua Adam made was Allah send to them a prophet from among them who would recite unto them your ayat that's number one number two الكتاب Number three, wal hikmah, and then we zakihim. Okay, let me report the order. Four orders. Number one, recite onto the, recite onto them the ayat. Number two, teach them. Number three, give them wisdom, and number four, um, purify them. Okay, so this is the dua who made Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now, interestingly, Allah subhanahu wa taala accepts this dua by sending the messenger, but Allah changes the order of the dua by correcting Ibrahim السلام, in three places in the Quran. One of them is Surah Al-Jum'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, What is his missing mission going to be? يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ He will recite on the ayat. Number two, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ Purification. Number three, وَيَعَلِّمُهُمْ الْكِتَاب Number four, wisdom. What do you notice changed? The order, right? Tazkiyah, which was number four in Ibrahim dua, became all of a sudden number two. It became a consequence of Qur'an. So we're learning a profound lesson here that the ultimate objective of us hearing the Qur'an and studying the Qur'an and reading the Qur'an should be what? 
What should be the first consequence of Qur'an? Purification. And we learned there's different types of purification. Purification of the heart, purification of the mind, and then of course purification of our actions so that we can make this earth pure, pure, right? That's the ultimate objective of creation of Adam. Adam was a khalifa on earth. Why? To purify this world. Because uh, the angels, what did they say? Do you, are you creating someone who will spread facade and he will spread, uh, you know, uh, bloodshed? Are you, are you creating a, a being that will spread bloodshed and facade? So what is the objective of Adam salam? To do the opposite. What's the opposite of uh, bloodshed? Peace. What's the opposite of um, facade and corruption? Justice. Justice. So Adam's mission if anyone asks you what's your purpose, yes, our purpose is ibadah, right? But what do, how do we explain it further? Because ibadah can be misinterpreted by people to mean only praying and fasting. What is Adam and what is human, our, our purpose in life? Why did Allah create us? To make this world a more peaceful place and to make this world a more just place. Okay? And to str- struggle trying. Because obviously we know that ultimate justice we cannot attain, right? Ultimate justice will be on the Day of Judgment, but at least you struggle trying. And so... This concept of teskia, we also talked about it in more depth when it came to the idea of balance between the two forces, right? The force that's pulling up to the sky and the force that's pulling up to the earth. Who remembers what those two forces are? The ruh and the nafs, exactly. The nafs wants to pull you down, wants you to act like an animal, and the ruh wants you to pull you up towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that's where it came from and so the human being bil fitrah he knows how to balance these two okay and that's really the, the key to balance the two and so look at the flow right Surah Shams started hinting about Tazkiyah then Surah Al-Layl talked about um, the one who um, became the most righteous right this was mentioned and remember I told you this is referring to who? Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, according to some tafsir. So what do we notice? Allah first talks about tazkiyah, then He gives us an example of a human being who attained proper purification, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. Then the two surahs that came next were duha and inshirah, which primarily talks about who? Or talks to who? Who's the primary audience? The Prophet Wasallam. Okay, so it's being upgraded now to the ultimate you know, example of purification in the character of the Prophet ﷺ. So Tazkiyah in general, Shurza Shams, then about Abu Bakr Sadiq and people like him who have attained really high Iman and then upgrade to Prophet ﷺ. And now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to tell us what the human being is capable of. This is like the overall theme of this surah. That yes, these were amazing people, but let me tell you what the human being is capable of and what he can do to follow the legacy of the people of the past and the, of the uh, you know prophets of the past so let's start a'udhu billahi minash rajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim wattini wazaytun allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the fig and the olive and of course there's a lot of you know talk about what this means and what that because these are ayat mutashabihat they don't have like a clear black and white answer but i'll share with you some of the like stuff that i found amazing okay and uh, you can look up the other you know, ideas and other thoughts and reflections yourself, inshallah. So, teen first, like the, um, the Prophet ﷺ actually in one hadith said that teen is one of the, if you want to eat a fruit of Jannah, eat the teen, eat the fig. 
Why? Because the fig has no seeds. Okay? So, subhanAllah, we learn here that fruits of Jannah will have no seeds. Because seeds are annoying, right? I mean, sometimes you want to eat an orange, but like the seeds are there, or the watermelon, you know? I, I, mean, I, I like eating seeds, like fruits with seeds, but some people prefer to take the seeds out. So it's a hassle to take the seeds out. So Allah is saying, you want to eat a fruit of Jannah? Teen. Eat the teen. Some scholars have gone... Um, like to the extent of saying teen is actually a fruit of Jannah so the teen that we have today is actually a fruit of Jannah and you know there's so many medical researches about the benefits of teen and so I won't go into that you know uh, but the idea here is that teen is uh, an amazing fruit and it also research has proven that you know, the most best teens are found in the place where Nuh salam's ark parked basically you remember the Mount of Judy the Mount of Judea, that's where the, the Noah's Ark settled, basically. And so that's the area where there's a lot of figs. So there's one view that this is referring to who? To Nuh, alayhi salam. And you know where Mount Judea is, by the way? No, it's somewhere in Turkey, okay, that area of Turkey. So that, that's one view that I like, that this is referring to Nuh, alayhi salam. And then, was Zaytun? Where is olives? Uh, you know, grown mostly in Palestine, okay? And uh, the, the, the Zaytun Shajara is known, it's referred to in Surah An-Nur as the blessed tree that has that pure oil, right? Purity is again the theme here, okay? Pure oil, Zaytun. And so Masjid Al-Aqsa has also been hinted here because Isa Islam was born in Jerusalem. And so what's in Jerusalem? The pure, uh, you know, Masjid of Al-Aqsa, which is also a significant, uh, you know, uh, place for, for Muslims يعني. and so then Allah swears by separately now okay so we had two, two food items teen, zaytun and of course the medical benefits of zaytun cooking and uh, zaytun oil and all these benefits like we won't even go there because that's a research on its own then Allah swears by and the mount of sinin and in other places in the Quran Allah calls this, this place sina sina which is interesting because in one place Sinin is mentioned, in another place Sina is mentioned, which is referring to Mount Sinai or Sinai, depending on how you pronounce it. And this actually is a miracle of the Prophet because this mention of Sina and Sinin was only found in the Hebrew language in the Jewish tradition, in their books. So, how in the world does the Prophet know the two variations? And the Jews used both variations, they used Sina and Sinin to refer to Mount Sinai. So how in the world would the Prophet ﷺ be able to extract the two variations of this mount in their language, in the Hebrew language? You know, being illiterate, being someone who can't read or write. So it's, it's, it is a miracle. And the Jew, Jews recognize this immediately. Like how does he know about that we call this Sina, Sinin and Sina? How does the Prophet know? So immediately they knew him. And so, you know, Allah keeps confirming the Qur'an that they knew him like they knew their fathers they knew he was the, the final messenger but what was their main problem ego okay ego issue and so here um, it's referring to who obviously who spoke to Allah from the mount of Sinai Musa salam. so we see another prophet coming now and then and I swear by this city that is safe Al-Amin, from safety now interestingly, uh, before we get into the meanings here, why did Allah in Surah Al-Balad, Allah swore by the city, right? لا أقسم بهذا البلد He didn't call it بلد الأمين. Interesting uh, 
reflection here is that that surah was actually threatening the disbelievers, right? That, that surah was more of a, like a threat to the disbelievers. And so the mentioning amn was not befitting to the surah because the whole point of the surah was to shake the disbelievers. And so Allah didn't use the safe city in that surah. But here, he's talking about purification. He's talking about the, the pure nature of these prophets and the legacy of these prophets that are coming, if you notice, right? Nuh alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, and now Musa alayhi salam, and then وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينِ And which two prophets are linked to Al-Balad Al-Ameen? This, this Ibrahim and Muhammad Sallallahu And so interestingly, uh, one view is that these introductory ayat, these aqsam are talking about these prophets. Nuh alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And subhanAllah, these are the very prophets that are known as Ulul Azm min al-Rusul. You know, so all prophets are amazing, right? But Allah has chosen these five prophets and given them the title of Ulul Azm, those who have like a higher status in some, some regard because of basically the task they were given and the mission they had. You know, so they, they stand out among all the prophets that were sent. So it's interesting how, you know, this is interpreted by some of the Mufassirun. And so. Notice also how the countries are going from normal countries to like blessed and blessed and blessed and to the ultimate. So Turkey, like I, not much blessing there, right? I mean, it's a nice place, right? But then moves on to Jerusalem and then to Mount Sinai and then Al-Balad Al-Amin, the most sacred place, subhanAllah. So the graduality of even the theme of the, the prophets here. Then Allah, as He grabs the attention of the, the listener, He's building the mood. Now he, he throws the, the main ayah here, right? This is the, the core ayah. This one and the one after it. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ There's no doubt about it. We have created the insan in the best, you know, taqweem has many, many meanings. The meaning you find in translation is stature or proportion, okay? So let's talk about this in depth. Number one, Allah is saying there's no, no doubt about it. We have created Allah is associating the creation to who? To Himself, which means this is uh, giving honor to who? the human being. O- the human being is being honored. And notice here that Al-Insan is being mentioned. What did I tell you? Whenever the word Insan comes up, what do we have to pay attention to? Why is Allah calling us by the word Insan? Because this point here, we need to pay extra attention because this point we tend to forget the most. So what is it that we tend to forget the most? That we have been created in the best stature or the best taqweem. Okay, and we'll talk about that word in a second. But even before that, Allah in other places says, وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا And the human being was created weak. Allah didn't say, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا SubhanAllah. So Allah, like I told you in the Quran, whenever it comes to negative things or things that are of uh, low value, right? Allah does not associate His name with it. So when it came to dhu'f and weakness, he said the human being was created. It's in a passive form, right? وَخُلِقَ insan. Allah didn't associate his name with it. But when it came to giving us honor and respect and high regard, taqweem, Allah said, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا And he used the royal form of na. He didn't say, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْتُ I created. He said, we created. And this is, you know, this language of we and I is used by who? By kings, right? Hum ko you know, hum khush you know. 
We are proud of you. The king is talking about himself, but he says we, because he's representing his kingdom. So Allah here is setting the tone for this amazing, amazing status of high like respect and honor that the human being has been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this creation. And this is the thing that we forget the most. And the word ahsan refers to external beauty and internal beauty. And subhanAllah, so you know, Allah's you know, compare our creation to the creation of animals and insects and you know the human being has been created externally the, the best in the best form in terms of beauty and internal husn is beauty actually so external beauty and internal beauty what is the internal beauty the internal beauty of the potential to have amazing character the potential to love the potential to be mercy uh, merciful you know so all these amazing qualities and moral ethics that the human being is capable of Allah is saying I have already built this in you very important point, okay? You don't have to learn this. Parents have, don't have to teach this. Allah has already, by design, made us in the best form. You know, by doing something profound that, you know, animals weren't even given, angels weren't given. What is that thing? That is the ruh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And interestingly, you know, when the angels were commanded to prostrate in front of Adam alayhi salam, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells the angels that I blew into him from my ruh, therefore do sajda to him. So you know that Adam was created from clay for many years. And then when the ruh was blown into him, then Allah says, فَقَعُوا لَهُ sajideen. As a result of me blowing my ruh into him, fall down and sajda. So what are we learning here? And of course, this wasn't a sajda of shirk. This was a sajda of honoring, right? So angels also realized how ahsan and taqweem we were. Because of what? Because of that ruh that Allah blew into us. That is the reason we have become ashraf al-makhluqat, ahsan taqweem And so this ruh is what Allah is referring to here. This capability. And we know that the ruh has a lot of potential. Okay? And I've talked about this several times. But just to... Um, Refresh. Where was the ruh initially? In the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? But then it was blown into the human being um, as he is in the womb of the mother. And so this ruh is used to perfection. But when it comes to this world, what does it see? Corruption, injustice, imperfection, lazy people, people not being productive. But does, what's the urge inside of the ruh? It wants to progress it wants to fix this world it wants to make this world a better place and so you know all these upgrades we see in the iphone this is as a result of the ruh's potential what all these upgrade and in, in human capability of building structures and buildings right before houses were made of mud and clay and now you have skyscrapers before people used to ride mules and camels now we ride planes and you have fighter jets before the human being would use an arrow to fight. Now we have the nuclear bomb. So all these progress in all sciences, all professions, this is as a result of what? The ruh's potential. Because the ruh has, is already, has been through perfection, so it constantly wants to strive for perfection. It never settles for what's there. This, this is built in us. We want to get, make things more efficient and more better and more easier and more faster and more beautiful, you know? It's a constant, like, human potential. And so even the human being in terms of athletics, right? The, the world record for the 100 meters, like, sprint, it keeps getting broken. 
year after year after year. You thought like, you know, 10 years ago, خلاص, no one would beat this number. But, you know, Usain Bolt came and he, he broke the record and then someone else after him will come and break the record. So even physically, the human being is constantly capable of, capable of more and more. And we see this all the time through extreme sports. How amazing tricks like some people do. Right? They have a lot of faragh time, mashallah, right? But they like, you know, flip themselves and they uh, skateboarding tricks and cycling tricks and motorbike tricks and s- skiing tricks. Amazing things. Be like, how, how in the world is this human being doing that? But this is part of that ruh's potential. Okay, so وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ So we are also human, we are special in the sense that we are, taqweem comes from qama, which means to stand upright. Okay, and remember mustaqim, the sirat, the path that leads you upright, that makes you upright, sida kardeta, sirat al-mustaqim, literally makes you sida, and it also leads towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, upright. Because okay? Surat already means straight. Mustaqim means it leads you up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the higher up you go. We talked about this, that you know, you need to be more careful because the fall is, is going to hurt you more. And, um, and the higher up you go, the more wiser you become because you see things from a helicopter view, not from the ground view. You, know? you see the big picture. And so the human being... He's built in this the perfect way, ability to stand upright. Stand upright physically, literally, physically, because animals walk in what? They walk on four legs, right? They're facing down. But the human being has been given the ability to stand up. And we literally illustrate that in our salah, right? That honor that Allah has given us. But at the same time, Allah is also, also talking about upright morality. Ability to be upright morally. Okay? Unlike the animals. And so here, very important thing to note that, you know, our moral development and moral uh, nature of this, the human being is what gives us the honor when we take care of this morality issue. Because this is really what separates us from, human, from animals. Correct or no? Right? Animals don't have a sense of morality. They eat, drink, sleep, do whatever they want, you know, and they die. That's it. But human beings have the sense of what's right, what's wrong. You know, is this, do I need to care about that person or not? Love, fear, sadness, you know, all these emotions. These are special for the human being. And so this ahsani taqweem, let's talk about it a bit more. If the human being forgets this ahsani taqweem, if he forgets the ruh, what happens? He becomes not only like animals, but what? Allah says, worse than animals. Subhanallah. They're like the animals, but they're even worse. Why? Because animals, sometimes we do things that animals don't even do. Subhanallah. Yani, think about it. Like an animal who's hungry, right? If he gets satisfied, will he attack another animal? No, he's going to sleep. He's going to, you know, chill, yani. Because he's satisfied. What about the human being? Human being, he's filled. Just went, had a buffet, iftar, right? Iftar buffet. But he's still going to want more. He's still going to want to attack his brother and sister. And he's still going to want to do ghiba and namima and cheat. He wants to transgress. Why? Because of this element of greed. We, are, we have this element of greed in us that animals don't have. Animals aren't greedy, by the way. When they're full, khalas. You, you give a, a, you know, your, your dog uh, food, even if it's a filled plate, if he, if he is full, he's going to leave the half of the plate full. What do human beings do? We fill up the plate this much, 
and we force ourselves to finish it and we have, you know, after that jalebi and dessert and mali. Why? Greed. Buffet, free me, arkana. I paid for this. I paid five dinars. I must make sure I finish all the plates. Yani haram, yaqi, you know. This is na'ma. You know? So when it comes to food, we talk about haram and na'ma, right? And so human beings, we do strange things. And we hear about strange crimes that are happening with human beings. The relationships that Unfortunately, like filthy relationships human beings are having with animals without going into details. Okay? Sometimes human being, his desires, his lust leads him to fulfill his desires with animals. Do animals do that? Like, I mean, does like a, a female uh, animal like, think of his female uh, or male brother in, the, in that way? Right? No. But human beings, we have that. We have cases like that where a brother and sister are having that relationship. Subhanallah. We just heard about the announcement made in one of the countries where khalas, yani, same-sex marriage allowed. Yani, you know? May Allah guide them. Yani, but this is disgusting. Animals don't even do that. And we have stories of how Lut and his people were punished. So, and this idea of like suicide being very common, crime rates... You know, and subhanAllah, you know, when like it happened once that uh, the electricity went for a few hours in New York City and there was like, I don't know how many billion dollar worth of theft and burglary in that couple of hours. Why? Because human being knows no one's watching. Khalas, yani, cameras are off. It's time to be the wild animal I am. SubhanAllah. And this is a theory that like some philosophers also have that human beings are actually which is of course a false theory because they haven't looked at Muslim uh, philosophy, right? But they have this theory that human beings are initially, there's, there's a beast inside every single human being. Literally. And that beast wants to come out, but what stops him from coming out? Society. We, we basically are afraid of law and order and what people will say. But the moment there's no law and order, what happens? Go crazy. And that's why people who travel, like especially bachelors who travel abroad to a country where nobody knows them, they turn into what? Beasts. Okay? And we have movies like that, right? What's that movie about um, people going to Vegas and a hangover, right? Yeah. So what's that movie about? Literally, normal people in their environments, they decide to, before marriage, have a bachelor party in Las Vegas and they go and they, they basically turn into wild animals. You know, drugs and women and lust and alcohol and everything. Literally. Why? Because there's no law and order, there's no society. So that's what some philosophers have said about human beings, you know. But they haven't looked at what Allah is saying in the Quran. And we'll talk about this inshallah tonight when we talk about read. The fact that this Quran is not just a book of spirituality and, you know, this book challenges these fathers of philosophers. People like, you know, Sigmund Freud and people like Aristotle and Pluto and all these guys, right? The Qur'an challenges their thought. Yes, the Qur'an talks to the six-year-old also. It talks to the, you know, illiterate guy who's cleaning the garbage also. It will touch him also. But it also challenges those intellectual people. You know, some people who are intellectual, they think that the Qur'an, yeah, it's a nice book for, like, you know, you poor Muslims who, you know, you need guidance and... You need to stay in the masjid and get disciplined. But alhamdulillah, I have you know, a degree from Harvard and you know, a PhD and you know, educated. We come from a very educated family and we're intellectuals. 
and you know we read books and we are well read and so we are above this Quran yani we, yani we, we think a bit on a different level which you guys won't understand but here we're learning is no 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 the Quran is teaching us that وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ And so you can act uh, you know, as smart as you want. Allah here is telling us that we built in us is goodness. Built in us is this ruh. So this idea of beast and stuff, it's not true because we all have the potential inside of us. And then you have these you know, ideas about like atheism and people going away from deen and people following their desires and worshipping their desires and worshipping themselves. Right? One of the modern shirks of our times is worshipping yourself. And subhanAllah, you see how people are so concerned about like their, their looks now and you know, their, their clothes and the, like every mirror and every window they see they're checking out their hair and the ghitra is okay. You know, checking yourself out constantly, taking selfies all the time and, and sharing them. This is actually, I'm not giving fatwas against selfies, but I'm just saying this is a hidden type of shirk, right? Where you love yourself so much. And to the extent where someone offends you, you get angry and arrogant. How dare he talk to me like that? Right? Me. We have the sense of me. And, you know? and so, um, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail, but this idea of human beings, you know, following their desires, worshipping their desires, you know, going completely away from morality, doing completely obscene things, things that animals won't even do, you know. Uh, we hear about mass murders. Animals don't do that, man. Right? Where you basically in one bomb blast you're killing, you know, 20, 50 people, or one nuclear bomb you're killing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Has this happened in history or no? It has happened in history, right? Human beings have caused, you know, deaths in the thousands, if, in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Correct or no? This is what the human being uh, does when he forgets. When he forgets what? That he is Ahsan al-Taqweem. That Allah has created him Ahsan al-Taqweem when he forgets his ruh. And so, um, Allah referred to the best of creation earlier, right? Nuh salam, Isa salam, Musa salam, Ibrahim salam, and Prophet Muhammad to tell us that listen, you don't believe that you're Ahsan, ahsan uh, or Ashraf al-Makhluqat, that you're Ahsan taqweem Look at these prophets. Look at the legacies they have left. And so Allah here in the is telling us, you have a potential to do goodness just like these prophets. You have that potential. Yes, it's going to require struggle. And we, we've seen the ayat that have came before in the previous surahs. لَقَدْ خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ فِي And You will be struggling. It's an upright. It's a tough road. But you have the potential to do amazing goodness. Amazing, amazing goodness for society. And so... You know, when the human being forgets, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, in, in one beautiful ayah, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ Do not be like those who forgot Allah, and as a result of that, Allah made them forget themselves. And this, has, this is the tragedy of our times, really. We, the human being has forget, forgotten himself. We have, gotten, يعني, we have forget, forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have forgotten the you know akhirah. We've forgotten the the concept of life after death. We have forget we've forgotten the the ruh and the potential of the ruh. 
and you know human beings especially with the secularism coming in right remember from Surah Al-Kahf the teachings right you can refer to that video but we talk about this concept at, at, uh, in depth where you know people were religious with Christianity and people were into deen and stuff but then when secularism what, what made secularism uh, that thought of secularism come what made that divide between religious thought, uh, or being religious and being secular the idea that religion started telling people stop thinking stop making sense of religion just worship Allah God is uh, you know one uh, or God is three and three is one and Trinity and Jesus son of God and Jesus God all, all these confusing thoughts the Christian church and the Roman you know church they decided to spread this thought that don't think and they kicked out people who started thinking and therefore the people of thought decided to say listen this religion if this is what religion is about about blind belief then we don't want religion at all and that was the birth of secularism where you separate religion from the state don't tell me uh, how I need to run my business don't tell me how I need to run my economy and my politics and my family and myself and then secularism led to let's replace the study of God with the study of creation let's focus on the earth and the studies of the universe and the stars and the planets and agriculture and you know geology and then that was the first disaster forget God study his creation second disaster forget life the hereafter let's focus on making this life better you know the physical we don't want us to talk about the unseen let's make this life better let's build nicer houses let's build cities let's build you know nicer gardens and let's progress in terms of science and technology and then the third disaster was let's forget the ruh we don't even know anything about it you know religion altogether has always you know caused bloodshed and you know hatred and conflict so let's throw religion altogether let's throw out the ruh let's focus on the human body that's where studies of you know medicine and biology and psychology and sociology all these studies came as a result of that and so we completely threw away everything that's in the unseen everything that we cannot touch everything that we cannot feel and we focused on the physical universe and we said that this is actually the fitna of the Dajjal the Antichrist who has one eye covered right the eye that sees through would be to the unseen the spiritual eye he covers it he only sees things that are physical and he and that's the fitna of our times right what kind of studies do we go through in education forget the unseen man you know you have one lesson of Islamic studies and then that's it in a week and then the rest is just science and physics and chemistry and biology and you know all these worldly physical sciences I'm not saying we need to discredit physical sciences no a believer needs to see with both eyes Allah give us two eyes not one one to see the spiritual and one for the physical and we need to progress in both and when the human being progresses in both then you have the golden ages of Islam throughout history read about it if you don't know a thousand years of prime uh, you know, uh, education and deen together. You know, because they understood what deen was all about. Remember yesterday we said, what's the objective of ibadah? What's the objective of being religious? It's for us to become better people, to make this world a better place. And so we use the deen as a fuel to progress in sciences. We use, a use the deen and iman as a fuel to progress in, in, the, in, in the medicine fields, in the architecture fields, in the, you know, education fields, all these fields, finance fields. That's how we're supposed to be using deen. So when people understood that, they really, you know, made a huge difference. But when they forgot, what happened? When they forgot, forgot the ruh, 
After that, if he didn't give this much thought, we will bring him down to the lowest of the lows. And the word thumma here is, is actually a mercy. Allah didn't say faradadnahu. Fa means quickly. We, we brought him down to the lowest of the lows. Allah said thumma, after a while. So Allah is giving us time to do what? Trick question. What's Allah giving us time to through these ayat? To think which is another favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the ruh is one favor and the human mind is another favor. And you know, in the next surah, surah Al-Alaq, um, we'll talk about the, the gift of the mind. In this surah, the focus is more on the gift of the ruh. The next surah, we'll talk about the gift of the mind and how we need to appreciate that gift. And so Allah is saying, think about your creation. Think about your potential, your ruh. Afterlife, all these things. Think about them. If you don't think, remember, I used to tell you, in the, in, as we be, began this series, Allah calls us in the Quran to do what all the time? Think, 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 and think deeply. Yaqilun, yatafakkarun. Make an effort to think. Why? Because when you think, you will start reflecting, and when you reflect, you will realize who you are. What is your purpose in life? You know these questions that we rarely ask ourselves. Who am I? Why did Allah create me? What is my purpose in life? You know? What's the point of this life? These are the questions that the Quran answers. These are the questions that Allah answers. Who are we? We are slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why did Allah create us? To worship Him entirely. To enslave ourselves entirely to Him. How do we worship Him? By making this world a better place. What about these ibadat? They are a means for us to make this world a better place. These are the tools. That's it. This is how simple this message is. You don't need a 600-page philosophy book uh, written by some guy a thousand years ago to understand what life is all about. You know, they spent so many debates and so many hours and, and research and writing and books and stuff for such simple complex. And this is the beauty of Islam. It simplifies complex things. right? And it, it calls to a simple religion. God is one. Worship Him. One Kaaba. You know? All are equal. All of your slaves. So simple. Everything is straightforward. Yeah. And you know, literally this lesson of the purpose of creation, I can teach to my six-year-old daughter. And she will get it. You know, it's not a complex thing. So Allah is saying, when you forget your ruh, when you forget to think, you're too busy. And you know, we talked about distractions yesterday, right? Constantly distracted with technology, with entertainment, with useless things. Constantly busy, you know, with worldly Desires and materialism and consumerism and just buying, buying, buying and entertainment and sports and just, you know, and shamelessness. All, these, all this junk and this pollution, what does it do to you? It makes you forget who you are, makes you forget your purpose in life. And then Allah says, Tumma radadnahu. And radadnahu here means reje we rejected him. Khalas. You know, Allah rejects you and then you become the lowest of the low, even lower than who? Even lower than? Animals. Subhanallah. So you see the contrast? Right? The potential and how messed up we can become. And so, by the way, here, sometimes people argue that, you know, Allah, this is a flaw in Allah's creation, ma'adullah. No, Allah is saying, we made him the lowest of the law because of what? Because of his actions. Because of his decisions. Because of his choices. He decided to... to Forget me. He decided to forget his purpose. He decided to ignore these ayat and follow his desires and act like an animal. 
So subhanallah. So asfala um, safilin. Subhanallah. Moral bankruptcy. Right? And this is what we're going through today, nowadays. Look at, you know, the angel's comment, right? The one who, are you creating someone in this earth that will spread bloodshed and chaos and corruption? This is what's happening. Switch on the news. What do you see? Corruption and bloodshed. Right or no? That's all we're seeing. And so subhanAllah, yani, um, we, are, we are really seeing the tragedy and, and the main problem. What's the root cause? The human being has forgotten. Forgotten his reality, forgotten his ruh. And subhanAllah, we're like my you know, teacher, Khan Sahib, he used to say, uh, we, the human being has gone on a venture to explore the universe and discover the universe, but he has forgotten to discover himself. How ironic this is, yani, subhanAllah, right? We have reached the moon and the Mars and Jupiter and you know, studied about the galaxies and in the Milky Way and stuff like that. And we're spending billions on research with NASA and space shuttles and research centers and robots and, and we have forgotten ourselves. SubhanAllah. Man. Isn't it sad, guys? This is the tragedy. Man. And you know, here Allah is not talking about believers, non-believers, by the way. Insan, Allah said. So, Let's not get into the comfortable zone and say, yeah, the kuffar, they've forgotten themselves. Yeah, the munafiqs. No. We need to ask ourselves, have we forgotten ourselves? Have we forgotten our ruh? How much attention am I giving my ruh? How much reflection am I doing on my inner state? How much reflection am I doing on what am I doing to fulfill my purpose in this life? Or am I just running after, you know, getting a college degree, so that I can get a nice job, so I can get a nice you know, house and a nice car and a nice wife, and so I can get some nice kids, so we can travel the world and we can eat and drink and watch movies and you know, play games and sports and die. That is the life of someone who has forgotten his purpose. You know? That's no better than the life of an animal. And unfortunately, what do we see? Most people are following this trend. Why? Because most people have forgotten. And so for therefore, you know, the Prophet's um, mission was what? Remind. Right? Remind and purify. So this is what the Qur'an does. It reminds us of our purpose. It reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of the importance of the suruh and importance of tazkiyah. And it reminds us of the consequences of if we don't do tazkiyah. Then corruption and bloodshed will spread and there will be fasad. So you guys see how it's all connected? How all, like all the lessons, you know, and subhanAllah, yesterday in the car, I was just talking to my mom and I was saying, yani, it's, it's such a blessing of Allah that He has made these, this like the last concluding part of the Qur'an, short surahs, right? And these are the surahs that our kids learn at a young age. And these are the surahs that hopefully we've memorized, especially the, the really shorter ones, right? But the lessons in these surahs, are so deep and so profound that they're enough for you to get your act together. Right or no? You don't have to like, have this burden of, oh, oh, I don't know what Surah An-Nisa is about, it's so long, Surah Al-Baqarah, Al-Imran. Allah is saying, no, 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 just no Surah Al-Asr, you'll be fine. No Surah Al-Fatiha, you'll be fine. No um, Surah Al-Teen, you'll be fine. These big, deep lessons that 
literally, if we just understood and implemented, will completely transform our lives. And it will transform our families' lives around us. It will transform our neighborhoods and our societies. And it will set like examples for the world to see. Just by eight ayat, guys. Eight ayat. And so, you know, um, what, what, a, uh, what a blessing, what a gift from Allah that these short surahs have these lessons. And, you know, unfortunately, we're celebrating our children becoming Hafid Quran and they become old and they forget those surahs. By the way, one sheikh was telling me that like 80% of Hafid actually don't retain their Hafid. Like ask them five years later, huh? Yalla, read from this ayah. Like, I don't know, you know? So this title of Hafid and stuff, and with all due respect to Hafid, it's a great honor and stuff, but it's just a human nature, right? We burn out. Like, like we, that azima, very few people have it. And so uh, this idea of being proud of your children becoming Hafid, like honestly speaking, I, yes, it's amazing. I would love my children to be Hafid for me to get the crown on the Day of Judgment. That's a big honor. But what's more important? My child being Hafid of Qur'an or my child understanding a surah like Surah Teen? Like logically, right? What's the point? They memorize all these surahs, they don't understand one ayah. They don't understand one lesson. One lesson about life, one lesson about purpose of life, one lesson about the importance of balancing ruh with body. These are fundamental. These are the ABCs that need to be taught in our schools. And these are, this is what terbiyah is about. You know, unfortunately, terbiyah, we, we think terbiyah is changing pampers, feeding, you know, giving a bath, buying clothes, you know. We think this is terbiyah, sending them to school, paying for their fees. This is what terbiyah we think is. That's not terbiyah. That's, that's, every parent does that. This is terbiyah when you sit with your kids and, you know, and I'm not saying sit with them in a class and you have a stick in your hand. No, no, no. Like, go to the park and talk about these things with them. Push her on the swing and talk about these things. Eat ice cream and talk about these things, you know. This is how we teach these values. And so, ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ The human being has been completely lowered to the, to the worst of humanity. And so Allah then gives an exception. Hope, Right? It's a pretty depressing topic, right? Allah says, okay, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ There's an exception. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونَ For them, there will be unlimited reward. Like, reward that is uncut off. Mamnoon means cut off, right? غير ممنون means never cut off, never disconnected. So who is this exception? Like Surah Al-Asr? We'll get to that, inshallah. But here Allah is saying there's an exception of a few. Those who believe. Believe in what? Allah didn't say الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ Believe in what? You fill in the blank. Those who believe that they are أَحْسَنِ التَّقْوِيمِ Those who believe that they need to balance the ruh and the nafs. Those who believe that they have a higher purpose in life. Those who believe that there will be accountability. You see? إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Now, is belief alone enough? No, no, no. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And did deeds that will fix and I'm being very precise here because you know you read these uh, translations what it'll say righteous deeds and then what goes in the mind of the reader yeah salah zakah hajj you know alhamdulillah I'm doing I have iman and amal salih no, amal salih 
Allah chose these words specifically, salihat, from salihat, which means to fix. When do you fix something? When it is kharab. It's not working. Is the world kharab or is it fixed? Is, you know, are our neighborhoods saliha or fasida? And the, subhanAllah, the opposite of saluha is, salah means fasid. The opposite of salah is fasid. Isn't there corruption and fasad? Who's going to fix it? Those who believe, Allah is saying. And here, which basically between the lines, those who really believe will fix. Those who claim to believe, they'll be praying and fasting and doing zakah and they'll be, they'll be in their comfort zone. And you know, another mercy here, Allah didn't say, Amilu as-saliha, which is kathra. SubhanAllah, Arabic language is like, you have two types of plurals, jam'u qilla and jam'u kathra. Like, you know, in the English language, chairs, chairs are chairs, right? 10 chairs, 50 chairs, 100 chairs are chairs. But in the Arabic language, for a few in plural, jam'u qilla is used. In this case, as-salihat. A little, a little deeds to fix the problems around them. Now, Allah is not asking for so much from us. He's not overburdening us. Allah will not hold us accountable for, uh, 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 except for what we can handle. And so, a few good deeds. Had Allah said, Amilu Saliha, that would have been Jam'u Kathra. You have to do a lot, you have to fix all the problems of earth. When you think about all the problems of earth, what happens to you? You're like, Ya Allah, I can't do anything, man. I, I can only pray and read Quran. <laughs> the problems of the world are too big for me to handle. Allah is saying, No, no, no. Just within your vicinity. First, yeah, fix yourself first. Can you fix yourself or no? Or is that too big of a problem? Can you get rid of your cigarettes for me? Can you fix this bad habit of yours? Can you stop watching this shamelessness for me? Can you start praying on time? Can you start waking up for Fajr? Can you start taking care of your parents more? And spending time with them? You know? Can you spend time with Quran? Just one page a day. You know, small things. Allah is not asking for big things. And then, you know, as you grow and then Allah, your iman increases, then your ambitions become bigger and then you start doing things on your family level and then your community level and the country level and the ummah level. Inshallah. A lot of people, they jump to ummah level things and we'll change the ummah and we'll bring the khilafah and, you know, we'll revive the Muslim state and stuff. They haven't revived their own heart. They're not waking up for Fajr on time. They're not reading the Quran. They're not... Spending time with parents. So, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِّلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَلَهُمْ There is no doubt about it. They will have أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونَ They will have an, a reward that is never ever gonna go away. Then Allah says, فَمَا يَكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالدِّينَ Now after all of you heard, you've heard, you've heard that you're أَشْرَفِ الْمَخْلُقَاتِ You've heard how messed up you can be if you forget these things. You've heard that there's a minority that will do it. Now the question is, where do you want to be? Which path do you want to choose? Right? So it's a taqweer. Now where do you want to go? So Allah here is saying, فَمَا يُكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالدِّينَ After all of this, now what's going to make you deny this deen? What's going to make you deny accountability? Deen means accountability also. What's going to make you deny that you will be questioned about your time, how you spent it, about the knowledge you have, how you, you, did you use it or no, about you know, your intellect, did you use it in the right way or not? What makes you 
deny it today. You know, and, and for a lot of people, what, why are they denying? Because they don't want to obey. They don't want to accept the role of the slave, right? Or no? That's the, that's the biggest problem, right? We want to party. We, want, we don't want rules. We want to be free. You know, we don't want someone to, a higher authority to give us rules and, and boundaries and restrictions. And so here Allah is yani, talking to, number one, the disbeliever and the one who does not want to get his act together. And he's also talking to the Prophet and saying, who is going to deny you now, Rasulullah, after all this, you know? Who's going to de- avoid responsibility and accountability? And then Allah asks at the end, Isn't Allah the, the most ahkam al-hakimin, the best in terms of wisdom? Hakimiyah here means three things. Okay? Hukum means three things in the Arabic language. Number one, uh, when you have authority. Okay? Number two, wisdom. And number three, um, justice. Okay? Someone who is, is fair. Okay, so Allah here is saying that, am I not the best of judges to judge between you? Am I not the wisest of the wise? Have I not, have not, have I not given you this book which, is, which gives you wisdom, right? Allah is telling us here, you want to be wise? You know, we think of wise people as old people with long white beards and like, you know, glasses still here and like a cigar, right? And they're posing like this, you know, thinking... That's not wisdom, guys. Wisdom is acting upon your knowledge. Wisdom is connecting to the Qur'an. The ultimate, because the Qur'an, who's the author of the Qur'an? The most wise, Al-Hakim. Everything in this, every word in this Qur'an is hikmah. There's hikmah in it. Every ayah has hikmah in it. If we just stopped and thought about it. Every ayah, literally. You know, sometimes we read Qur'an, and certain ayahs we just skip over. Yeah, yeah. Well, kana Allahu ghafoor rahimah. You just skip it, yeah. No, in that ayah which you're skipping, if you just stopped and thought and pondered upon it, they would be, you would write volumes and volumes of books. This is how, how much of an ocean the Qur'an is. So Allah told us, this is the legacies of the prophets. Right? Then He told us, This is your potential too. The prophets have that potential, you have that potential too. But if you don't want to Accept that gift I've given you. Tumaradnahu asfalasafilin. But there is an exception. And then lastly, these two questions. What are you denying? After all this, what's making you deny? What's making you stop? And then don't you believe that Allah is the best, the most wise? Don't you believe that Allah will, will hold us accountable and will deal with us with justice? You forgot that? You forgot that there will be a day of accountability? Don't you realize this life is unfair? There's an imbalance here? And so lastly, um, Allah is again calling us to think, right? By these questions. These questions at the end make you think. So again, the, the flow here is to remind you, Allah first asks us to think. Think about the legacy of the prophets. Think about yourself. Think about the potential you have, right? Think about the ruh. Think about accountability. When insan thinks, then what happens? Then this willingness to, to uh, accept comes in the heart. You know what that is? Iman. amanu. When iman comes, then what happens? The urge to do something about it. So that's the sequence. 
Iman doesn't come out of the blue. It has to come after thinking. And that's why, you know, non-Muslims, they don't believe like right away, right? What do you have to do? You have to talk to them, explain to them logically, spiritually, you know, using different examples, emotionally. And then, they, you know, they thought a lot. Now like, I'm ready. I'm ready to accept. Then Iman comes. They accept the Shahada. After Iman comes the action. The real action. And through Iman is the Iman that leads to Amilu Salihat. We also learn here that Amilu Salihat, when you get engaged in the act of doing righteous deeds and, and deeds that fix things on earth and f- even messed up things in yourself, then your Iman increases. And they're linked. Iman and Amil Salih are both like complementary to each other. Do more good deeds, your Iman will increase. Increase your Iman, you'll do more good deeds. You know, so each one fuels the other. So with that, we conclude this uh, beautiful surah. May Allah uh, make us people uh, who think and reflect. May Allah make us people who reflect and, and think deeply about the words of the Quran. Make, may He make us people who, are, uh, who realize our true potential of Ahsan Taqweem. May He make us people who are clean in the inside so that we can clean the mess that's on the outside. Bidnillah. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته